Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor at FightfulWrestling.com. Go over there, get all of your wrestling news. Good news with, with nice substance. We don't make you click through 200 articles a day. We have fight size updates that give you the little stuff that doesn't really deserve its own article. Go over there, check it out, see how we do things. Lots of exclusives, lots of uh, interviews, lots of podcasts. Next week, early next week, I am dropping a long-form feature, profile feature, on Killer Cross. I was able to talk to him for a, a series of interviews, and I was like, man, I need to do a full-on long-form feature on what he's doing and uh, the future stars of wrestling show that he's hosting next week. It is just Fightful Exemplified. It is MMA. It is pro wrestling. I'm really excited for you guys to read that. You can get it early at FightfulSelect.com, but I'll tell you more about that later. Now I'm going to tell you about Alex Pawlowski. I tampered to get him here. Hmm. Free agency doesn't start till tomorrow, but I pulled him over to the AEW shows, Alex. Yeah, it's true. Uh, uh, and, you know... Try, trying to sign you up for Wednesdays this fall. <laughs> depending on... <laughs> On what goes on with their uh, with their uh, weekly shows, I might just jump ship altogether. Hey, I think that I think that might be a smooth idea, <laughs> at least for your sanity. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we will be doing post shows after every AEW weekly show, every AEW pay per view. We had Ring of Honor Death or not Death Before Dishonor, Ring of Honor Best in the World last night. That was a show. <laughs> a show. <laughs> uh, but if you're watching, leave a thumbs up, subscribe. All that stuff really helps. We're on podcast platforms everywhere. Alex, this is AEW's technically second effort. Uh -huh. And yeah, I don't know if this is what their their second level pay-per-views will be like. I don't know if this is what their television will be like. I don't know. Overall, I would call it a pretty good show. I'm not going to oh. call it like wouldn't say good, great, anything like that. There was some great stuff on here. Yeah. There was some also dirt shit stuff on here too. There were some really weird choices of what you decide you were going to broadcast. Like, okay, we're doing this for free. We're going to get a much bigger audience coming in. This is our chance to show them what AEW is all about. If that is the case, then AEW is all about non-wrestlers doing yeah. spots with remote control thingies. And, you know, like, um, okay. And AEW, in that, in that, using that logic, is also all about amazing 
multi-team tag matches and six-person tag matches that are crazy. And it's also about uh, not-so-hardcore spot matches. It's also about, you know, interesting uh, pairings for a women's triple threat. Like, it's about all these things, which is good. Like, it's, I guess what they're trying to do is, like, cast a wide net, saying, if you love any type of wrestling, AEW is going to be a home for that. So maybe that's what they're trying to do. So let's go ahead and talk about this show. Uh, a lot of people saying, oh, well, why aren't you reporting anything about the attendance? Here's the gimmick, guys. We see when attendance is really bad because people send pictures. We know when it sells out because every company is like, hey, we sold out this show. I'll tell you what companies don't do. Hey, you know what we did? We sold this amount less than what holds capacity. They don't do that. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I would love to hear from people about how attendance was uh, at the show. All things considered, I think they would probably be thrilled with this being at a gaming convention. I wouldn't know. That would be my assumption. But uh, we'll go ahead and get into this event. We, we see a lot of Firefest-themed videos with Kenny Omega blowing through the budget. This is a parody of, of the Firefest documentary and, and that tragedy and was played up as such on Being the Elite. There was a funny thing where QT Marshall was talking about how they couldn't get the ring in the venue, and he implied that he had to blow somebody uh-huh. to get the ring in. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, the skits were cutesy, and I liked that they kind of stopped towards the actual show, like yeah. after, after the, the models went away. Yeah, the mo- the models be the models like I'm sorry we can only afford two models. We have to fire two models and bring in replacements. And I honestly I was really worried they were gonna go with like I don't know women in their 80s or you know fat girls or something. Like I didn't I didn't I don't I didn't want any of that. The bringing out the mannequins was perfect. It was exactly what they wanted what what needed to happen. It was great. Uh, it was a good sight gag. I also loved. Uh, uh, the Kenny Omega one where uh, the guy had to explain to him that Blink 182 was not going to show up and, and his just get the camera off me. I'm, I'm too upset to talk right now. Like I thought it was good. Uh, but as you said, very happy that they just went away. Like they didn't, it wasn't like a through line through the entire night uh, in between the big matches near the end. They'd have to do some kind of skit. I'm, I'm glad that wasn't the case. Thank you, Tim Traver, for the super chat. He says, just want to support my uh, favorite Fightful family. Uh, thank you all. If you want your questions or statements read on the air, you can submit a super chat. We will read them. Also, guys, I'll be putting up a, a Q&A field this week. Jimmy Van's quarterly Q&A on Fightful Select. Subscribe to Fightful Select. It's the most direct way to support what we do here. Uh, reaching out to wrestlers, running podcasts in the middle of the night, running breaking news videos, paying our writers, uh, paying for trips to do interviews and stuff like that. Uh, Fightful Select is a big part of supporting what we do, trying to make uh, wrestling journalism a little bit more reputable than than what it has the reputation of being. Uh, OMG, one of our great former sponsors, sent a great super chat. says, love Fightful. The BR app sucked for me. Lots of those spot, sports on the show had me, or spots on the show had me want, worried. What's better, gear or butter? Gee, without a doubt, get it from OMG. Uh, the BR app worked fine for me. Do you have any trouble with it, Alex? Uh, once uh, at the end, uh, after the surprise ending to the Cody Rhodes match, while everybody was in the ring, uh, 
with the, you know, concern. Uh, it cut out for me for about 15 seconds and then came back right as it left off. So I was running 15 seconds behind the entire rest of the night, but nothing really happened because of that. Like the set for AEW, one thing I want to hammer home, Golden Boy and Excalibur should be the broadcast team for AEW. I thought yeah. they were fantastic. Golden Boy is an esports commentator who, quite frankly, is more famous than a lot of the wrestlers on this show. True. So a lot of people were like, oh, well, why don't you just have him do it full time? I don't know what his interest level would be. I mean, the guy's – I would imagine he's got a bit of a schedule. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think he does stuff for Titan Games as well. Like, mm -hmm. he does a lot of stuff. Um, but after hearing JR tonight – it just wasn't it for me, man. No, he's it, he's he's a guy whose time has passed. You know what I mean? Like Warren like, Hayes, I think appropriately said it in our our chat. He was carried. Well, yeah, I mean that's the whole thing. Is like he was carried by them as well. A lot of it was like Excalibur. Tell us about this guy. Excalibur. Tell us about that guy. Because I don't I don't know anything about him. And here's know? my thing. A lot of people are like, oh, well, how could you expect him to know? Oh, well, I'll, I'll tell you how. Most lucrative contract in commentary history. Yep. That's when you crack open a book, you do your little Wikipedia searches, you do all that stuff. Have have somebody Google it and print off the, the stuff about the person because I know you can't read a computer screen, JR, but you can read papers when they put it in front of you. So that's what you do. You have somebody Google it and pr pr print it off for you. I – the thing about that was there was also that there was also just a lot of like, um, I don't know, weird like weird like I I guess this is how the kids are doing it nowadays. Feel to all all of it like this is this is definitely not what I would have watched back in 1999. And no, it's not because it's 20 years later and the times change. You stayed the same, Jr. And a, a lot of that is a lot of what we love about him is the nostalgia for a different time. But he, like, the times have changed, and he stayed the same. So whether or not you love or, or don't love that, that's different. I, I think that AEW needs to present a brand new product, something that doesn't harken back to the golden years of a different company. Big thanks to Joe Farley for a major Super Chat donation. He says, hoping this helps when Sean accidentally says the bad word again. <laughs> YouTube has, like, been – monetizing our videos from like a year ago and i'm like thanks those 13 views we're gonna get from here on out will really help go follow joe at it's probably joe on twitter uh thank you to charles haskins says watch the first aew show tonight too unstable for me hey we'll get into that there's gonna be good and bad from almost everything but this match was a shot for a shot at a buy which was incredibly too convoluted out right they explained it as the as the match was starting which makes sense to me if you win this match you are in a match at fight for the fallen and if you win that match you get a buy for the tournament which starts when the tv starts that makes sense but the way they're explaining it is it's a shot for a shot at a buy <laughs> it was just not like okay i mean Basically, they you could say this gives them an advantage in the upcoming tag, tag tournament. Like, you, you could say that's what it is. But because we have to have, like, specific things everything's for, it just it, – it, it always has felt convoluted. 
I loved this match. Yes. This was a coming out party for Private Party, who I didn't know a lot about. And as uh, Trevor had noted on Twitter, there were a whole lot of Street Profits comparisons for obvious reasons. Well, these these guys were unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, once you get past their dumbass gear that they wear, <laughs> yeah. they they only had the second worst pants on the show tonight. Um, after uh, <laughs> oh gosh, I can't remember who else it was. Uh, it's in my notes, but they were unbelievable in the ring, and I think them not winning this match was the right move, Alex, because I think they need to have a full on run towards mm-hmm. the finals of this tournament. Yes. Uh, here's the thing. Um, you, these these guys were not known. Everyone knows best friends. Everyone knows. Um, at least they know certainly know more of SCU. Um, nobody knows these guys. These guys are brand new. Um, by the halfway point of this match, I would say most of the crowd was rooting for them to win. Like they were like th- those near falls where they were almost pinning guys. Like the crowd was going counting along to it and then going, Oh, when the three didn't happen, like they were into it and into these guys. This was, we talked about how we wanted them to have to, 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 to have a coming out party and win the match. I agree with you. They had their coming out party. These these guys are stars in AEW. They're made. They they got made tonight. They're made forever. But now you actually have them in the tournament. Yeah. You have them you have them upset somebody that they shouldn't upset in the first round, and then they be then they put a rocket on their back and go all the way to the finals. I don't know if you have them win, but if you do, yeah. By that point, the crowd will be so in back of these guys that the, the pop would be huge. That's the thing. I think that because of this match and, and for all the things that you said, I think there is money in the chase for private yep. party. Yes. They are an incredibly likable team. Uh, Kazarian's outside in drop kick was nice. Uh, there's this fantastic camel clutch where I think it's Isaiah jumps over Mark's back and then stomps the face into – it was unbelievable. There's also – a Tobacon Hilo faint. Now, what that is, is your opponent is bent over on, on the apron. You faint doing a Tobacon Hilo, roll off his back, flip back into the ring, do a Tornado DDT. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yep. Awesome. Uh, however, the cameramen have to catch these dives, Alex. They do. They really or else do. they're doing them for nothing. Best friends hit their hug. Trent does a nice bridging Northern Light suplex, and I'll tell you what I appreciate. Instead of just holding around the body, he reached through and hooked the leg too. I thought that was nice. Um, you'll hear me break down little things like that a little bit more on AEW, as I'm sure they're going to happen a little bit more. But Trent kicks out of everything. That's what he does, and I'm not a big fan of that necessarily. Cassidy has a be- beautiful shooting star press. Best friends have some really great offense, and they are legitimately one of the best teams in the world yep a chuck pile driver can't finish it you got aew chance scu does an unprettier stomp that doesn't pin mm. uh, cassidy mm-hmm. strong zero does but i think that's okay i think it's okay that they got beat because you can put them in that tournament run like we mentioned this was a hell of a match alex and based on the way things went on this pre-show i think uh I probably would have had this main event, the pre-show. Mm-hmm. That way you get those last-minute buys. Yeah. Or uh, last-minute buys, last-minute sign-ups for yeah. VR Live. Yeah, um, I, I agree. 
this this needed to be the, the main event of the pre-show. Um, as we talk about the rest of the pre-show was not as good as this. Um, I, I I loved it. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, um, the, the, as you said, Pirate Pirate has been great. I love that the, that the commentators from the very beginning were kind of tipping the hand of like, man, it looks like SCU and, and Best Friends don't respect Private Party at all. Yeah, you know, and they were they were turning their backs to him. They were laughing at him when they were trying to get tagged in because it was the multi team tag. You have to tag tag your team. That was all great, subtle, good storytelling. So, but good. I mean, subtle in the way that that the in ring delivered it. But like you mentioned, how commentary like yeah. put it out there. That was a story within a story. Yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it happen in real fights. Yeah, very I, often. I would say the other thing that I would do if I if I'm if I'm putting this whole thing together is I think that. That you you can get best friends. They can get the buy. They can beat whoever they're going to beat at fighter at, at uh, fight for the fallen. Give them the buy. Um, and I think that uh, it would be great if uh, Pirate Party beat SCU um, to get to a match with um, the best friends. Like I don't know where along that match where the thing is, but I think that you keep this whole thing of the veterans kind of talking down to, to the young guys. And just yet, yeah, just keep saying it. Keep running your mouth, and what? Let's see what happens as these guys get more and more of a groundswell of support. Uh, I, I love Private Party. I'm really excited to see where they go as as AEW goes. I'll tell you what I did not like: this Dark Order stuff. I didn't like it at Double or Nothing. I didn't like it here. I haven't liked it since. The former Super Smash Brothers. I don't like it. I don't like the promos. I don't like the delivery. I don't like the gimmick. Do I like them as a team? I don't know. I haven't seen them wrestle in a long time, but I did not like this. The lights went out. They're there. Lights went out again. They're gone. It didn't even, it didn't get over. Now here's my fear. I think it was Nick Jackson said, Oh, if something's not working, we're not just going to abandon it. And I was like, I don't know if that's the qualm that a lot of people have with WWE. The qualm is that a lot of times, WWE will just abandon everything, whether right. it's working or not. And sometimes they'll stick with things that don't work a little bit too long. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't. No, and I, uh, I don't. I, I I agree. I don't know enough about you know the the team to know whether or not the in ring is going to salvage this once they're actually doing stuff. Uh, I will say this particular thing did not work. The back the backstage video didn't work. Um, I, I didn't under, I didn't I didn't believe anything these the, the the masked guys were saying, and then the one guy who wasn't masked, like that that whole thing, like just as an as a complete outsider, not going into the history of who these people are. I'm like I don't know who that what this is, and also it didn't help that Trent and um oh god uh, Chuck were in the we're in the in the ring, like completely no selling it. Like who? What do you? What do you? Are you? Are you gonna say something or? And then the lights go out and they're all around the ring, and they're there, and nobody does anything. And it felt like a minute and a half. And then the lights go out and the lights are out for way too long to just get a bunch of dudes out of ringside, and the lights come back up and they're not there. So like basically you had a whole bunch of stuff happen for nothing to happen, and that's never a good thing. Yeah, I'm not here for the Dark Order. I, I don't think it's the, – the crowd didn't react. I didn't see anybody saying, oh, man, that's great. Ugh. 
Uh, not my jam. Here's some super chats. Xanthius says, how can you be surprised how bad JR was after he showed up totally lost and arguably not sober through his New Japan stint? I'll tell you how. Largest commentator contract in wrestling history that can motivate somebody. That's why I expect him to be better. Uh, he's not. Yeah, it's, it's not even for me. It's not even um, uh, being surprised by it. It's just like basically like you're giving him enough rope. Now, now it's time to, to go. Like it's he's has enough chances to combat this thing that he's been for a while now, and it's his time. Another super chat, Mark or Charles Haskins says, "Is it funny that my opinion of Hangman changes every day? Am I being wishy washy or not consistent with my opinion of him?" Hey, he's a guy who is not hasn't been a main eventer that is now being portrayed as a main eventer and is trying to earn his way there. So I think that's that's natural for a lot of that stuff. Throw it into question. Gregory Carter too says this has been an average week of rest weekend of wrestling. Yeah, kinda when you weigh it down with <laughs> ROH show that I covered last night. But I thought AEW was solid. This pre-show, boy, was it bipolar. Leva Bates comes out. <sighs> She's the librarian. Peter Avalon destroys mannequins and tents. I feel like I would not have had this back-to-back with Dark Order. No, I, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done that either. I mean, also, that was a, this was the other thing, was going back-to-back with Dark Order, which was a lot of pausey, dead air, nothing. And then this, where she goes out and shushes and... I, I, the crowd took, doesn't it, like the gimmick, Alex, no, at no, all, the either. No, gimmick. And then it took me a while to realize, oh, she's hearing somebody else shush. And she seems to be in all kinds of consternation about that. Oh, the, the shushings come from inside the tent. Like, this is all stuff. It looked like I was watching, like, a third-grade pageant. Like, as much pausing and, like, indicating of, like, oh, I wonder if the shushing is coming from there. Like, it just yeah. it didn't, didn't work. Some guy screamed, this gimmick sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I, I liked the segment at Double or Nothing. At their live, it was it was fun. But Avalon is very good. But there, this wasn't good. Allie comes out. The crowd's chanting, books suck. <laughs> and hooked on phonics. That's about the peak of their interest. Allie does a modified spling blade off the second rope. But Avalon distracts her to everyone's dismay. Leva does a nice roll through Rings of Saturn. Hanging Neckbreaker lays both out. Leva hits a pedigree. Production misses it. This happened a lot on this show. Production was didn't miss everything, but they were too tight on the shot on the hard camera side, Alex. That's something they're going to have to figure out pretty quickly. Yeah, um, they are. I mean, there's there's some stuff you're going to figure out with production-wise and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I will say one thing that you mentioned that I really loved was uh, the Rings of Saturn that she modified by mm-hmm. then – like reaching around in front of Allie's face and shushing her as she was screaming. I thought that was a brilliant touch. Like if you're going to have a character who's a librarian, that should be their gimmick. Like making people scream and then shushing them. Like that's a really cool idea. So Allie wins it with a super kick after Avalon tries to throw Leva a book. Allie catches it, tosses it to Leva. Leva just stands there waiting to get kicked Way in the too face. long. Yeah, way too long. Damn, man. This not not a good finish. No. 
Allie wins. She's going on to face Brandy at Fight for the Fallen, so he had to give her the win. Ugh. Hardcore match. Michael Nakazawa cuts a pretty terrible yet funny promo on Alex Jabaley. If you don't know who Alex Jabaley is, he runs CEO, which is what this is all at. They were supposed to face each other last year, but Jabaley tore his Achilles. Nakazawa goes, I know you injured your right leg. And Jabaley goes, well, you haven't done your homework because it is my left leg. And Nakazawa goes, oh, yeah, and kicks it. <laughs> That's good. That, that was, was good. good. That was a really good start. It was that, all downhill from there. That was hilarious. And then it was terrible. Jabaley slams Nakazawa, who starts slipping away. The sliding senton. I feel guilty that I laughed. Oh, no, no. Listen. <laughs> It was all stupid. That doesn't mean it was all not funny. Yeah. You know he, what I mean? Like, he, the, 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 the baby oil, like, gimmick into, like, pouring it all over the guy laying on his back, on all over his belly, and then running over to stomp on him, slipping out and landing on your back. That was brilliantly done and choreographed. It doesn't mean it wasn't stupid, but it also, the fact that it was stupid doesn't mean it wasn't funny. Because that part was funny. Other th- Other parts of the match were both stupid and unfunny. Oh, man. As, uh, by the way, guys, I'm not doing a live post-show for uh, UFC, but uh, Francis Ngannou just immediately knocked out uh, Junior Dos Santos. So I'll do a live results or uh, post-show results video over on the MMA channel. But Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, we'll talk about this series of uh, fights. So Jabaley tries to drown Nakazawa, slams him in it. Jabaley gets strangled and no-sells it. Just, yeah, so terrible. Uh, Nakazawa does a pretty good YOLO dive through a table. That was cool, but that's about it. Like, he almost got murdered by the guy who wasn't a wrestler. That German suplex was horrifying, Alex. Nakazawa, okay. Um, hey, when you say, I like that you go, uh, well, he tries to drown him. Um, and for those of you who weren't watching, because I know a lot of you people don't watch the event and just listen to us jabber on about it. Yeah. There was a, there was a kiddie pool, uh, at <laughs> ringside by the ramp. Because they couldn't uh, afford an actual pool because right. of the it's budget. Right, right, right. And it was full of water and, you know, play toys and stuff. And so that's what Jabaley, uh... <laughs> tries to drown Nakazawa in. Also, there was a spot where, um, as a foreign object was used, was one of those really big old, like, Street Fighter controllers with the, with the joystick and all the buttons, like one of those big, giant 40-pounders. Uh, I thought that was clever, but ultimately led nowhere. You're right, the no-selling of being strangled by a, a controller cord was bad. And the German suplex was a stupid idea. Because yeah, um, as as Nakazawa is leaving up the ramp, he's rubbing his uh, the back of his neck like up where mm-hmm. like like you know his cervical vertebrae are. Probably a bad idea. Yeah, I'll say this: you know what, I ain't as experienced as Michael Nakazawa, but I am taking no German suplexes from someone in their first match. <laughs> that ain't happening. Yeah, and definitely not one like that. Yeah, Jabaley has the pin, but the ref is distracted, so he gets beaten with a thong to the face. Like, I wonder what people who are watching for the first time and went from Dark Order to the librarians to this are thinking. There are a lot of people I know who tuned in 
to the pre-show late, who missed the the thing like I, I, on my timeline. People who were like, I, I missed the the first tag match. Was it as bad as this stuff that I'm watching now? I'm like, oh no, no, it was actually really, really great. Borderline match of the night. Yeah, uh, th- th- this match shouldn't happen. It shouldn't have happened. No. You can throw the the librarian shit on first, and then yeah, whatever. Ugh. On to the regular show, the actual show. Shima beats Christopher Daniels. I tweeted that Daniels has all the dancing rhythm of a bag of potatoes. True. But God bless the guy. He's nice. She missed a drop kick and a nice uh, slingshot twisted senton. Applied some good submission holds that send Daniels into the ropes. Daniels has a hell of an STO on him. It's just my favorite. Uh, Shima's uh, iconoclasm looks really good, but this match didn't quite pick up for me. Uh, there was a spot where I would I was ready to to tear the new one. It was on a cro- they were setting up for a cross legged brainbuster or something, and Daniels fed the leg, but he got out of it. So I could construe that as Daniels was baiting him. I like that. I'm okay with that, intentional or not. I'll tell you what I didn't like. Shima kicking out of Angel's Wings, a finisher yeah. on the first match of the main card. Yeah. Uh, for no other reason besides that I did a goddamn making a finisher special on Christopher Daniels. Come on, man. You got to keep it strong for the feature. But I don't think that's a good idea to, to really establish that, hey, we got to kick out of finishes and stuff all the time here. But Shima wins after a couple nice slams. And the flying double knees. This was just okay. Yeah, it was just okay. A lot of it, as they said many, many times, Shima is facing Kenny Omega at uh, Fight for the Fallen. So it, it was all, all about, like, I think uh, I agree with you. Kicking out of the angel's wings, not great. But the point, I think, was it's nearly impossible to put this guy away. What is Kenny Omega going to have to do? Fair point. Like if, if that's if that's the angle they run with leading up to Fight for the Fallen, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, and again, it's it's Christopher Daniels. It's a guy who's like a an a Hall of Famer across all promotions. Like this guy's been doing it forever and and been so great for so long. But at this point in his career, he's not at his top level. So you could say that like that angels the angels wings that he if he gives that to a guy even five years ago no one's kicking out of it but now maybe you could sum it up a little bit and then you know catch him with a few moves and you could you're able to pin Christopher Daniel I, I don't I don't know but I think that's the angle they're going with is that it's impossible to put away Shima what's Kenny Omega gonna do Yeah, sometimes it's impossible to put away a guy like Shima but sometimes it's impossible to just Get going, Alex. Yeah, it's possible. Yes, it is possible to get going. Yes, yeah. Sometimes it's it's a little tough to to kind of start your engines up. That's also true. Sometimes the pre-show doesn't really get you ready for the main event, Alex. No, no, it doesn't. But you can get your penis hard if you use Blue Chew. You can now find them at Blue Chew on Twitter, not at Get Blue Chew anymore, just at Blue Chew. You can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed because Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, you know they're effective, but you can take these anytime, whether it's day, whether it's night, whether you've eaten, whether you haven't. Since they're chewable, they work way faster than a pill, so you can be ready whenever. Pre-show, main event, mid-card, jerking the curtain or jerking your – well – 
Prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, no more awkwardness. They prepare and ship direct at, at Blue Chew, so they're cheaper than a pharmacy. How cheap? How about the same price that AEW Fighter Fest was? Free! Just use that code FIGHTFUL. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. Blue Chew, my friends. Blue Chew. Hit them up at Blue Chew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us. Hot dog. You will have a hot dog by the time you're done with Blue Chew. Up next, Riho defeated Nyla Rose and Yuka Sakazaki. There was a lot of waiting for Yuka to do moves in this match. And her pants are worse than Mickey James. (laughs) Now, everybody knows that I am the, the... Joshi authority in wrestling media. Yeah. I don't think there's any debate on that at this point. None whatsoever. I have my Stardom World subscription. I am the 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 definitive source of Joshi information. JR literally said at the beginning of this match, don't go make a sandwich right now. Bro! What are you doing, mate? Alex, why would he? Why would he say that? Because, because he's Jr. Damn. Yeah. So he earlier he's talking about about the head kicks of Shima, mm-hmm. and I don't even believe he called called Asians Orientals. <laughs> he called them Orients. Yeah. You know, I mean, listen, my, 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 my grandpa called Asian quote unquote Orientals as well, but he's been dead for 15 years, you know? So like, there's a point like what, what happens like when, when people move from there to here, do they become disoriented, Alex? Is that what Jack's going to That's say? very good. I like that. I like that. Jesus Christ. Orients. Come on, man. So Nyla slams both opponents, applies a double camel clutch. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of waiting on Sakazaki to do dives and stuff, but Ryo gets a great pop for the 619. She and Sakazaki attack Nyla with top rope moves, but Ryo and Sakazaki weren't really on the same page in their interactions. Uh, Nyla does a side effect and does a real lazy pin, which they play up, mm-hmm. and I'm glad they do. However, Nyla had one of the spots of the show. Hangs up the opponent. Now, I saw a lot of people – or one person say, oh, well, this is like the Del Rio thing. Not necessarily. They're hung up on the ropes, not hanging from the ropes. Right. And does a King Kong knee drop. They played it up on commentary that she didn't go for the pin, and they got to play it up even more. Yeah. Lazy pins, not going for the pins. This cost Nyla the match. That has to be the story. Right. The – um, I – it appears to me that they're setting up for a story beginning with TV in the fall of Nyla Rose um, not getting the job done through her own fault, blaming everybody but herself, and at some point just snapping and becoming an unbeatable monster. Like they're, they're, they're having her lose these matches that she should have won or could have won. She's, she's an unstoppable force. Those, all those things where she's throwing both these women around at the same time. Like where she catches one crossbody and stands there holding her, and the other one does a crossbody and she catches her too. 
Like, like that that's that's great stuff. You play that up more. I mean, I every time I watch her, I think, oh, so this is what Nia Jax is supposed to be. Like she she's like she does all these things, but also there's there's so much of a variety of of her moves. I love that she can do. She basically uh, she did an amazing Samoan drop at, uh, at Double or Nothing. She basically got into the same position and decided, nope, Death Valley Driver. Like I love that she can hit other moves out of the things that she where she just catches people and flings them up onto her shoulders and all kinds of offense she can come from there. I think that there's a really good opportunity for them to tell a story of the monster that can't get it done. So the monster decides now it's time to F and get it done. Like, I think there's a cool way of doing that. So Nyla uh, misses a senton, catches Riho again, has to wait on Yuka, but does and has both of them. And then uh, kicks out of a double pin. That was really cool. I thought the highlight of this match really, even beyond the King Kong knee drop, was that Riho broke up a Nyla pin after a powerbomb, but it sent Sakazaki into a pin. And Rio's like, oh, shit, I got to break that up, too. That was really great. That was so good and creative and different. I love that. Showed love sense of urgency on Rio, and she wins with a sneaky pin, Alex. <laughs> yes, she does, and it's, it's great. Uh, I, I loved it. I loved um, uh, Nyla's reaction immediately afterwards, like a, you got to be kidding me. And then there was kind of a lazy attack afterwards to get her heat back, and they du- the double team on her. Um, and I thought that was a cool move. I actually liked the idea at the at the end, where the two um, Joshi uh, ladies, um, like who had teamed up uh, at, at Double or Nothing, like in this match, like like one of them, uh, not, uh, not, uh, Yaka, sorry, the one in the pants that you hate. Uh, I don't hate it. Oh, oh, the pants that I hate. I don't- Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hate her. Yuka Sakazaki. Yuka Sakazaki. She wants to be friends, and Rio yeah. says, "Rio says no, no, it's not. We're not. We can't be friends now because every, every woman for herself in the AE dub." And mm-hmm. I think that's a really, really cool thing to, to to put that out there as well. There's a lot of great fodder for storytelling in in weekly shows coming out of these pay per views, and that I love. We'll see if any of that pays off on the weekly sto- on the weekly shows, but somehow. I trust this company to, to not be to, – to be setting up all of these storylines for a reason, you know? Yeah, I think people are going to really like Riho the more she she works. Uh, I think she's like 22, 23. Yeah, it's crazy. Unbelievable. 
you got to play up the the Nyla being lazy thing though. You got to yep. do it. Yeah. Because that that's the story that that was being told. Well, but that, that lazy, I think, is interesting. It's complacence. Like I should beat these women in a walk. I don't yeah. have to try. Like it's not necessarily like I'm lazy. I don't want to win. It's yes. I sh- I should be winning. I should be winning because I'm I'm the biggest and the strongest. It's not my fault. I don't even exercise. Like that's the person who who's this who is who, who, who she is. I love it. I think that it, there's a great way of telling that story and her like combating that by just becoming an absolute monster. Yeah, and even though I wasn't too keen on Yuka's uh, performances. A performance tonight she's had she's really good she's really good and people will like her uh i'm i'm confident in that adam hangman page defeated jimmy havoc mjf and jungle boy now uh kip sabian was at ringside for commentary even though he didn't say a lot uh they he will face hangman page now at fight for the fallen mjf uh guy's a good heel alex he's really good so when i hear people have the balls to say that baron corbin is the best heel in wrestling (laughs) i get personally offended by it well why is that because i have experienced how much of a dick mjf is in person (laughs) the man unhooked my mic before we did an interview uh (laughs) i still i still think about that this is legendary i think that the the true art of a heel, maybe it's subjective, is that you make people hate you, but you make them hate you into the arena. Yes. You make them hate you into turning on the TV and watching what you do. Right. They want to see what despicable, dumb shit you're going to say next. And MJF said a lot of it. He said, hey, your mother, whose basement you live in, she swallows. By the way, I played video games. And then I lost my virginity. My favorite part of that bit was they wasted well, I used to play video games too. And then I lost my virginity. And they cut to the most stereotypical video game nerd who's looking who's looking up at him with like, you know what, that cuts a little too deep there, MJF. I think that was such a great oh, it was such a cool oh my god, so fortuitous. Oh man. Oh man. <clears throat> That was it was phenomenal. His promo was phenomenal. It was so good. Damn. Now I'll go ahead and, and cut towards the end a little bit. There were some people that acted like the MJF thing, like him coming out after the Cody match cooled him off. What? I'm like him showing empathy for a guy whose ass he's been kissing for four months on AEW programming does not cool him off. I can barely entertain that. But this match within the body, I thought, was a coming out party for Jungle Boy. This really displayed Jungle Boy. Quite frankly, Jimmy Havoc disappeared for most of this match. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wonder if they're going to use the cachet of his name to get other guys over. I mean, because even if you've never actually really watched a Jimmy Havoc match, I feel like a lot of people who are like hovering between casual and hardcore know what Jimmy yeah. Havoc looks like. They know his name. They know of him. They've seen spots that he's done. And there will be a lot of people in this roster that, that fit that, that fit that description. Right. So that guy getting taking pinfalls, that guy getting beaten up, or that guy like hitting moves on somebody only to then lose, that furthers everyone 
in the, not just Jimmy Havoc, and I think that's what they was doing tonight. Yeah, uh, MJF trolls the crowd on a dive tease. And outside the ring, there's the pile out there, and Jungle Boy does a flagpole, mm-hmm. which is where you uh, you go perpendicular to the turnbuckle, and you are horizontal, but then he launches himself into an inverted 450. Yep. Caught his foot on the turnbuckle and still finished it. Yep. Unbelievable. Um, he got pop-up powerbomb by Paige, but MJF puts his foot on the ropes. That was clever. MJF and Paige slug it out, and you can tell that these two guys, they're going to be big for AEW. Oh, huge. They're going to be key for AEW. And they, the commentary even puts it over, Alex. This is going to be a major rivalry in our future. Yes. Is what they say. And – it is. It feels like we are watching oh, it, it, two megastars for this company right here. This is this is what uh, – I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll predict this right now all the way from, from between now and all out. MJF is absolutely costing Hangman Page his match with Jericho. That's, that's like a thousand percent to me. Um, and then we're going to get to see the Hangman Page, MJF blood feud coming out of that. And I believe that both of them – even within the next year and a half, our future AEW champions. Like, MJF is stupid young. Like, he's, he's 22. Like, there's a world of possibility out there for him because not only is he great on the mic, I mean, he's got a great look. He's, he, he's, he's all, the whole character thing's perfect for him. And he's, he's shown that he's got some stuff that he's going to keep working on in the ring. He's already very good. He's going to get better. How could he not? He's so young. And Hangman Page, obviously, they're hitching their wagon to him and saying this guy's going to be a major star in our company. So these guys are going to be great for many years to come. Production almost completely misses MJF going for the sharpshooter. We see yep. him cross the legs, but they keep that shot tight on him. For like 15 seconds, it felt like. It was probably much less than that. But Alex, they kept it on there, and then Paige did one of the saddest sharpshooters. Yeah. It was not good. Not good at all. Uh, MJF gets his heat seeker. It's a head scissors driver where he hangs onto the ropes. Very cool spot. Very cool. Jungle Boy gets punched off the apron, but Luchasaurus helps rebound him. But yeah. then... Uh, the latter lands on the former with a powerbomb from Jimmy Havoc. But Jimmy Havoc, who has been absent for most of the match, uh, almost pins MJF with a double foot stomp, but Paige throws MJF over the top rope, kind of a playoff of the double or nothing battle royal finish, which looks like it could be a recurring thing, and I hope it is. Yeah. I hope that's a scene that we see a lot. But he wins with the dead eye on Jimmy Havoc. By the way, in our archives, making a finisher – Adam Hangman Page's uh, Dead Eye, formerly the Rite of Passage. thought this was a pretty good match. The right man won. I thought the right man lost, although Jungle Boy could have lost and it would have been okay. MJF doesn't need to eat a pen right now. Hangman Page needs to win, 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 no mm-hmm. matter what. Right, especially going into this, this match with, with Jericho. He can't be losing matches. Um, which, which, Jimmy, I think that, that um, you know, the Kip Sabian thing of him now facing hangman page is an interesting uh uh pairing i'm looking forward to seeing what what that does um again i i fully anticipate mjf to get involved in that as well i feel like the idea of it is the mjf always being a thorn in hangman page's side 
and that's that's perfectly fine. Jungle Boy's got a great future. Uh, I, I I just I can't get enough of him riding to the ring on Luchasaurus's it's fantastic. Shoulder. It's a really cool image. I really love it. Um, I think I think it's gonna be um, I think it's gonna be great. I I remember watching Lucha Underground when uh when you know the former Judas Draven made his debut and the crowd started chanting Luchasaurus and I was like that's it from now on that's his name. There's like I don't know what they they called him something else like Vibora or something which yeah. is like Viper in uh in in Spanish. I was like no 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 you have to change his name right now to Luchasaurus. That's that's sticking forever. And I love that now like two years later here he is and he's Luchasaurus. I think Vibora was his name. Yeah exactly. Yeah. Also not a terrible name but no yeah. no no. This is pretty solid. Up next uh, we have. Cody versus Darby Allen going to a draw. I think this is probably the right result. Allen either needed to win or go to a draw. And they leaned really hard into the Darby Allen's got a dead uncle thing. A little too hard. Yeah. Uh, I love how Cody isn't Cody Rhodes in AEW. So they announce him as Cody with Brandy Rhodes. Uh-huh. That's clever. Uh Darby Allen held onto the hammerlock despite Cody's constant attempts to counter one of my favorite spots. Really like that. Uh, Darby gets thrown through the ring ropes horizontally in what is the equivalent 2019 of the Hamrick bump. If you remember the one, two, three kid just kicking Chris Hamrick's foot away as he flew through the ropes. That's what this was, Alex. Psychotic. And I don't know if that was meant to happen, man. I, I don't know. This is the thing is that I would say, no, of course that was a mistake. That was just it was just lucky that he didn't die. But then the commentary keeps playing up. This guy doesn't care about anything. He doesn't trust anybody. He doesn't have any family or friends or whatever. He doesn't he leaves it all out there. He he, he enjoys pain on this stuff. And later we see this absolutely insane spot onto the apron. So my thought is Considering all of that, maybe the horizontal bump through the ring ro- the, into the turnbuckle was a planned spot because they're yeah, getting into this thing where he's he's done know. it before, but there there have been also times where he kind of hit the turnbuckle and post area as well. It was uh, it was crazy. Cody crushes his own hand but returns to working over Allen. Allen is up in a vertical suplex and grabs Cody's hand and works away at it. I loved that. Made a lot of sense. Allen does one of the best suicide dives I've ever seen. And the reason being is that Cody doesn't have to wait on him. Yep. He turns around. Allen's there. Yep. It's amazing. Uh, they, I think they played up the time cue a little bit too much because it was very clear this was going to a draw or the last few seconds. Uh, there <laughs> was a coffin drop that Allen misses, which is a backward senton. Basically, if you've seen Ruby Riot do that backward senton into the ring, Allen did it, but missed it onto the apron. Ew! I don't need to see that all the time, but this was a very, very important match for Darby Allen. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. I love that that it was also that that Cody's kind of hung up, laying like half on the apron, half into the ring. And Darby Allen looks at it and he gets an idea. And I think to my and immediately I thought to myself, oh God, no. Like whatever you're planning, Darby Allen, don't do it. And in my wildest dreams, I would never have thought, coffin drop, Co- Cody moves, 
directly in line with his spine. Like his entire spine took that bump uh, 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 parallel right there on the ring apron. Like it was just sickening. It was a, there was a thud, an audible thud as that man nearly died. Yeah, and, and the thing back, the thing is, um, I, I, like I said, it was such an important match for Darby Allen's career. I'm okay with that spot. Yes, I wasn't okay with the body bag. The body what? bag thing was weird. Like I, I understood it. Like like Darby Allen bringing it to the ring, like as as like a shock maneuver. Like he's got half his face painted. The way he dresses, like he's it's part of his his gimmick. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if like. He should have bringing a, a body bag with his opponent's name spray painted on it every time he came down to the ring. Like an old like thing where like the million dollar man used to put money in the mouth of the people he beat. Or Brutus Brown Beefcake used to snip the guy's hair. Like this is the guy who at the after he beats you, he puts you in a body bag. Like that kind of a thing feels right for this kind of a gimmick. But the use of it during the match didn't make any sense. Like Cody putting him in it, then it didn't get disaster kick and him falling over gingerly like he wasn't sure if he had been kicked or not. It was very odd. Yeah. Uh, Cody Rhodes tried the crossroads, but Allen reverses it into a stunner. But then crossroad hits, and before Rhodes can get the pin, time expires. I'm okay with that. Allen need needed to be perceived as on the level. Because right. he'll, he'll always at least be perceived on that, uh, that now. So I like that. What did you think of the finish? This was um, not only great for Darby Allen, and I think good for Cody Rhodes because I loved the Cody that he presented during the match was get a load of this kid. Who does he think he is? Again, another guy, 22 years old, super young, amazing future he's got for him. But I loved Cody Rhodes was basically, as I said, as I said before, he's playing the Triple H character. Like, I, I can't believe I'm in here with this kid. Okay, let's see that. Let's see that. And, and, and as he gets more and more brutal to, like, back, like, the stuff I was, I'm trying to do to him isn't working. Let's see if I can do other things. I like all that. I love that that built to this finish. Not only is it great for him, for Darby Allen to get the draw against Cody Rhodes, but it's also great to set up matches will go to a time limit draw in AEW. It's not a thing that we just announced. Uh, this match has a 30-minute time limit, and we never get there, even close to it, and we never do. Whatever. This match is, a, like, the fact that actually in their second show we had a match, a very high-profile match, go to a time limit draw means that can happen now, and that's always going to be an option for, for how we're going to get to things. I think it's a great, great, great uh, wrinkle to introduce right off the bat. Yeah, a lot of people were complaining about Alan taking the big spot. This was his – the most important match of his life was this right here. Yeah, I mean, uh, don't do that in every match. Like, as we talked about, this is a thing that we talked about a long time ago because he was still in WWE when he did it. Darren Young hitting a, a backdrop suplex onto the apron two minutes into every match was worthless after he'd done it so many times in a row. I don't ever – I don't need to see Darby Allen do the coffin drop onto the apron ever again, let alone in his next match. Yeah. Um, so afterwards, Sean Spears shows up, cracks Cody over the head with the chair. Now backstage, the young bucks are saying that the chair was gimmicked, but that it didn't work. I don't know. I don't know how it was gimmicked. I don't know anything. That's what the young bucks are saying. 
at least according to at John Alba on Twitter, who is there right now. Uh, Tony Khan said he can't go into details of, at the moment on the Co Cody chair shop. They got the doctor right away, and something went wrong. He says you could build the safest airplane in the world, but there's pilot error. There's pilot error. Says that he would address it soon. That's why you probably just don't do it. Yes. Yeah, probably just don't do it, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. The I'm I'm not super into the chair shot to the head. I I like I like the angle that it sets up a story from here. But I don't I don't think you need to do it with a chair shot to the head. And if you're gonna use a gimmicked chair, that that gimmicked chair better be basically foolproof. Yeah. I, I, hey, I'm all. I, I'd be cool if they use gimmick barbed wire, gimmick chair. Sure. It that. is. It is a an entertainment uh, show with fictional characters. Right. I'm okay uh, with that. It's interesting to have the commentary lean in so hard on CTE. What's this going to be like when Je when when Cody Rhodes uh, like? What's his quality of life going to be in 20 years? Like all this stuff that like, if this also is a thing where they say okay officially. Because of this act, going forward, there will be no more chair shots to the head in AEW, sure. and performing one gets you immediately suspended for 90 days or whatever. Like, like actually having a, an in-story reason for why these things don't happen, like all of a sudden, now they're actually becoming the logical uh, uh, um, you know, federation out there. We can actually say these guys are actually – showing all their all their work for why these things are happening i think that's great because guys you got guys going into the ring with chairs in wwe all the time and all the time it's across a, a guy bent over flat back and it's not really explained why but we all know why but we can't ever say the word concussion for god's sake nobody ever lands in the back of their head in wwe they land in the back of their neck like concussion yeah. thing you can say here they're actually saying it Storylines can mimic real life and real life, real life scenarios. I'm okay with that. I think it's good. A lot of people saying, oh, well, Cody got hit on the opposite side of his head. That chair wrapped around his head. I, I don't really know the science. I'm not, I'm not here to do a sports science episode or, or truth the thing, but whatever. Uh, I, I could, I'd be fine with leaving the chair shots to the head out unless you do have, as you mentioned, a foolproof yeah. uh, gimmick chair i will say this uh, i tweeted this out um sean spears made his debut for the company as a, a throwaway part of the battle royal i mean he was in there and it was kind of cool to see him people were all chanting 10 and everything um but he ultimately was inconsequential in the battle royal double or nothing he would have what been if, a great surprise tonight what if this had been the first time we'd ever heard or seen of the former ty dillinger in there and the thing is, I've gotten some responses like, people just be chanting 10 to the whole thing. They would have been chanting 10 until he wrapped the chair around Dusty until Dusty's kid's head. Like that kind of a thing shuts up a 10 chant real quick. And all of a sudden, the guy who we love to root for, the underdog Ty Dillinger in NXT, all of a sudden he is persona non grata, public enemy number one in this new, in this new federation. There's a whole thing. I don't necessarily think you even have to do it with the chair shot, but him declaring war on Cody Rhodes 
in this spot as his first act entirely in the company. So it would have been interesting. So uh, Sean Spears tweeted out a two-second clip yep. of Cody Rhodes just saying, and he's a good, ha- he's a great hand. Let me tell you, this is a legit thing. Yeah, I called somebody. I, or just in passing, I referenced, uh, I was on a show with Shane Helms, who has been called a great hand probably hundreds of times in his career by people who have never made a dime in wrestling. Right. And that term, me mentioning that Shelton was referenced as a good hand, pissed him off. Mm-hmm. Pissed him off. Yeah. That is a thing, like knowing that and having that experience, I could see Sean Spears because of his runs in WWE. Woo! That's good. I like that. Already making the story work. I'm cool with that. MJF and SCU come out to help Cody. Uh, I like it. I like it. Yep. The Elite defeated Laredo Kid and the Lucha Brothers. The Elite are dressed up as Ken, Ryu, and Akuma from uh, Street Fighter. I love that for the CEO connection. Justin Roberts says round one fight, which would have been a lot cooler if this was a two out of three falls match, Alec. Yep. But it wasn't. And for each round, they could have had that happen. That would be kind of cool. Um, Pentagon is by far the worst leg slap offender in wrestling history. Yeah. When that guy rolls into bed at night. Yep. He's taking a drink of monster energy. (laughs) Man, Pentagon, lay off it, bro. I think that Nick Jackson is so overlooked in so many regards, Alex. That guy has a hell of a singles run in him. Oh, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I don't know I don't know where where that run comes from. You have him turn on his brother or vice versa. If it comes out of, uh, uh, you know, one of those things where, okay, well, his brother got hurt. He can't wrestle for a few months. Do you shelve the act entirely or do you say we're going to we're going to put uh Give him a, a singles run. I don't know. I mean, but but I certainly agree that he certainly got it in him. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, there's a nice uh, super kick into a reverse Rana from the Luchas. Uh, Pentagon and Omega square off. Pentagon looks like he's leaned out over the last few months too. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. He yep. looks like he's gotten in pretty good shape because for a while it didn't look like he was, and now it, it does. Uh, your typical good young bucks uh, work with moves. But I did not like this as much as a lot of other people did. I'll explain in a minute. A Laredo kid run his mat into a spearing Nick. Pentagon does an amazing backstabber out of the corner. But Omega sells it for like two seconds and goes right to getting suicide dived outside. They do the really dumb hold on to the top rope spot. Wow. I hate that. Are there any rules in this match? Who is the legal man? At the very least, Excalibur said, referee Rick Knox using his discretion, but then referee Rick Knox is double counting shoulders. (laughs) And I'm like, referee Rick Knox, Rick Knox don't give a fuck. That's what referee Rick Knox is doing. His, His discretion is that there are no rules. That is his discretion. Yeah, I I can't get with that, man. I I don't necessarily – at some point, sure. But, I mean, just say it's Lucha Rules. Say say it's a tornado tag. Say that all six men are legal at all times 
I mean, you can figure out ways of getting guys paired off and guys can wind up taking spots to the outside. You can make the whole thing work. But you don't need to be like, like, especially if you're going to call attention to it. Like, I'm not even sure who the legal man is. I think it's Kenny Omega and uh, Rado Kid. Uh, but that was like two minutes ago. So who knows? Like, okay, well, now, now we're all thinking about it as opposed to just enjoying the chaos. Uh, by the way, our numbers right now are well above WWE pay-per-view numbers. My God. Mm. So some good interest in this show. Uh, the the power bombs looked cool. Didn't make sense. Nick does an incredible spill to the outside on the pile. Omega hits the V-Trigger, Tiger Driver 98, another V-Trigger, and a one-winged angel to win it. This is a spot fest, but not something I would tell somebody, oh, you got to go see this. You got to see this. It was what... It was, and if you like the Young Bucks, you'll probably like this match. Right. If you like the Lucha Brothers, you'll probably like this match. But I don't need to see Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers every damn week. I don't need to see that. Again, that's the thing is that um, I would say this is a very good example of what a Lucha Brothers um, Young Bucks match is. And if you've never seen one before, and you see this one, you will you'll get a good Cliff Notes version of what the other ones are. You know, like um, there were there were certain spots that I that you that you mentioned that I agree with uh, both on the the great scale and the not so great scale. The the holding the, the ropes thing, I feel like it's a thing where it was just like, is that a direct homage to Del Rio? Because like that was just it's just a, it, I know other people do the spot, but it just feels like it, it because it was so bad when Del Rio was doing it. I feel like it's. An immediate like nope for me whenever I see that. Um, uh, I I did I was I was a sucker for all the the Street Fighter thing, um, the the Hadouken thing was which yeah. thing was a lot of fun. Um, uh, and they like and Excalibur's like oh it's the Hadouken and, and Golden Boy that's a that's another thing from Street Fighter Jr. is like ah I gathered that. Now, hopefully, hopefully, when Rusev inevitably, inevitably comes over, he paints himself green and yes. he's Blanca. I can, oh, I can. He's obviously Zangief. Yeah, that's a, okay. You're right. You're right. He, he could play. He could play Blanca too. He could also play Blanca, but he's definitely Zangief. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Good point. Oh, man, uh, I thought Laredo Kid was the right person to take the pin. Uh, guys, if you all want to support what we do, check out FightfulSelect.com, Q&A shows, NXT, 205 Live, UK reviews. We do the Fightful Weekender, non-WWE content. You can ask as many questions on our Q&A shows as you want. Go over there. That is the most direct way to support us. If you want to uh, support a website that goes above and beyond to make sure that what we, we do is accurate and make sure we get you all exclusive info, head over there. But hey, if you don't want to do that, leave us a thumbs up on this video. Main event time. Technically, this is an unsanctioned match, even though it had an AEW ref there, Alex. Yeah. Joey Janela, John Moxley. John Moxley wins. This was a fantastic, hardcore match. Jesus Christ, Alex. These guys killed each other. They they really did. They, they these matches are never. Uh, especially with with tack bumps, are never my cup of tea. I usually watch a lot of the spots uh, through uh, you know through peak, peaking fingers like this. <laughs> I, I don't I don't like tack bumps. That just those those make me queasy. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a big old softy. 
Um, but but I did think that the the storytelling, the psychology of the match was all very sound, uh, and I I I thought it was great. I I did think it was a, a little ridiculous. I'm like, all right, everybody, the show is over. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone can go home now because the show is over. Just kidding. There's another match, but we can't tell you that. Like, it's very weird, you know? Yeah. They brawl around. Janela pulls out a table. First big spot comes when Mox is sitting in a ch- seated in a chair, and Janela does a swanton through it as Moxley moves. Moxley then grabs a barbed wire chair, puts it onto Janela, and stomps him. The crowd explodes. But then Janela does it. Frankensteiner off the top, onto it, cracks him across the back. Uh, both men flew through the ringside table after a Russian leg sweep. And then Moxley does like the old rhino gore where he carries someone yeah. across the ring through the table. Very cool. Moxley pulled out a barbed wire board and ran Janela through it. Then Janela set up and it was, quite frankly, it was similar without the trash can to the Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon, WrestleMania 22 spot, the flying elbow. Uh, but this one was inside the ring to outside through the tables. Very cool. I love that spot, Alex. That's one of my favorites. It's not like gruesome. No. It just got a satisfying crunch to it. Yes, that is true. <laughs> that one I can get behind. Uh, Dirty Deeds lands on Janela in the ring, but for what re- whatever reason, Moxley doesn't pin. Probably because he wanted to Death Valley bomb Janela ass first through a barbed wire board at ringside. Yep. Janela's facial expressions for this. Read like a guy who has had a lot of experience doing very <laughs> painful things. <laughs> they read like a guy who has a documentary titled, Please Don't Die. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Janela flattens Moxley with a super kick and pulls a ladder out. Oh, that was that was before, rather. Sorry, my notes were a little uh, little out of order. Uh, I did like that the ref held the ladder for Janela there because I'm thinking, yeah. why not? Why not? I, I liked it when WWE refs did that back yeah. in the day. I don't see any harm with it. Hey, you're there. Hold on to it. Who cares? So Moxley gets thumbtacks out and pulls off Janela's shoes. Mm-hmm. Not a spot we've seen in mainstream wrestling, Alex. Nope. It's pretty fantastic. Now, somebody's saying, it's the paradigm shift. Not the dirty deeds. <laughs> Well, you know what? When he lifts somebody up in the goddamn air, I'll call it the paradigm shift. When he drops somebody flat on their head, I'll call it the dirty deeds. Yep. Get over it. What he does do is a release orange crush bomb onto the thumbtacks, then stomps Janela's hand into the tacks, then drops him feet first. Yep. Ah! There were so many tacks in that man's heel. Ah! Gimmick the tacks for me, please. <laughs> Gimmick those. You better believe if you ever see me do a tax spot <laughs> accidentally or on purpose. Those are – it was worked. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrifying. <laughs> so Janela flips off Moxley. Moxley does the paradigm shift mm-hmm. into the tax for the win. This was insanity. What would you think? Well, yes, it was absolutely insanity. These guys put on a great match. Um, yeah, once they were starting to, you know, do tax and defeat, I kind of just like was listening to the match more than watching it. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, this, I mean, again, the story they told was that John Moxley used to be the king of the death match. 
then he took a break to go and play in PG land. Um, and he did some hardcore stuff there too, but certainly not this. Um, and, uh, and while he was gone from the, from the deathmatch world, uh, world, Joey Janela took over. And now these two guys are back on that turf fighting over it. That's a perfect story to tell. They told it well. Um, the right guy won. Uh, and, you know, and they have an angle setting up further matches between Kenny Omega and, uh, and uh, Moxley afterwards. I think it all worked. Yep, this was uh, pretty good, and then it got what I thought even better. Kenny Omega came out and laid an ass whooping mm-hmm. on John Moxley. V trigger, pile driver through a table, s- jumped inside the ring, springboarded, stomped a table down on top of him. A hell of a beatdown. Refs tried to help Moxley out, but he pushed them away. Omega returns to crack a trash can over Moxley's head again. I hope gimmick, and then does a paradigm shift of his own and moxley is smiling mm-hmm. so here's the thing alex i didn't think there was a chance in hell joey janela was going to win no but he gets over john mm-hmm. moxley wins a match he gets over kenny omega comes out whips his ass he gets over yep this is a hell of a finish it got so many people over at one time yes and moxley's smiling and he's got a smile on his face alex he does because he because a he loves the pain, and um, B, like there's a there's a point where um, God, it's a mad, it's a movie nobody likes, but I love it. It's a it was a it was the King Arthur movie from 2004 because it had a great villain played by Stellan Skarsgård, this Saxon Viking dude who just pillages through everything until he comes up against King Arthur and his men, and he meets before the big battle. He he's been killing everybody throughout the whole thing. But just nonchalantly, like, he hates doing it. He's just so bored by killing people. But he meets King Arthur on the battlefield before, and King Arthur has some great line and rides away. And then this guy kind of looks to himself, smiles, and says, finally, a man worth killing. Like, that's who John Moxley is. Like, he's finally found a guy that it's going to be fun to murder in the ring. Like, that's, that's who this guy is. I love it. I'm looking forward to this match a lot. We're back covering AEW in just two weeks, I think it is. Yeah, I. that's also the day before Extreme Rules. Oh, yeah. It's crazy weekend. Uh, and next weekend gets even crazier. UFC, New Japan, uh, Impact Slammiversary. I don't know what I'm going to do, by the way, of post shows for that, guys, because I will not be doing New Japan live because UFC has John Jones fighting it has amanda nunez has holly holm has ben askren a lot of big names fighting so that will take priority i am about to do a ufc news uh results update but you all can catch us reviewing this uh, ufc show from tonight tuesday 2 p.m eastern at fightfulmma.com with showdown joe i've said this before this is the most no bs mma podcast there is we're not worried about credentials we're not worried about uh, fighters not wanting to be interviewed by us we will say anything on that show. Tune in every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern to that MMA show. But hey, guys, check out my Ring of Honor show if you're interested in that type of thing. Also, uh, Stephen Jensen talked about it on Fightful Select today. We've just got so much stuff going on. The best way to follow it is just going to Fightful.com. But do me a favor, guys. Like, 
Fightful Wrestle has like 16,000 less followers than me on Twitter. I want that account and Fightful with more followers than me. I want to grow that like, like beyond me. So let's, uh, if you all wouldn't mind, please go over and follow that. It would mean a lot to me. That's how you get all of our stories showing up in your timeline. Uh, it would be great. It would really help us get the word out. But thank you guys so much. Until next time, we're out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.